0: welcome to the marketing Uh, trench we are live and uh, today we're gonna be talking about the subject of crafting a killer print strategy with our friend adam greer of ag designs and full disclosure right up front we actually uh so ricardo and adam work right down the hall from each other but uh not even down the hall
1: like literally i can see him right next door
0: (laughs) in their co-working space hanging out having a good time And uh, actually, Adam is also an employee of my company. So Adam is a man of many talents. He's uh, he's got his own marketing business, and that's what we're going to be talking about today: is his print marketing company that he has built from the ground up in highly, highly competitive Orange County, California. And uh, this real estate in Orange County, California, probably like many places, but especially. I I actually,
1: I actually don't want that to be an understatement, Dustin. And I know you were saying you were teeing. Yeah, you were teeing that up, and I'm sorry I interrupted you. But seriously, I don't want you guys to like undermine. It's highly competitive market. Yes, yeah,
0: and there are a lot of people who offer print services, just like there are a lot of people who offer everything around here. But I mean, you know, when you when you do real estate in Orange County with the dollar prices that we have here, you're whale hunting in every single part of the country, like everywhere yeah. else. You're whale hunting, and yeah. and uh, you know the the top players. Really, the Prado principle—we've talked about it so many times on this podcast. The Prado principle really does apply here. The top players get most of it, and all of the vendor servicers, like like frankly escrow and like print marketing, uh, you know, we're all competing for that top talent's business. So for Adam to be as successful as he is, and he is very successful, his company works with. Uh, the cream of the crop in our industry here in Orange County. If we were to name drop people who do real estate here in Orange County would know these people. Uh, They're the kind of people that brokers say, be more like them. That's who we're talking about. Um, And the reason that we wanted to talk about print, not just with Adam, because he's amazing, but the reason that Ricardo and I specifically want to talk about print is because we do talk a lot on this podcast about software, right? Go subscribe to this service, Uh, do this online thing, have this digital strategy. Print's been around a long time. It is a proven technology and it is a technology. Like we like to think that it's not tech. Print is tech. Print is technology. And it's highly effective if you can do it right. And so we're going to be talking about that. Adam, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So let's start, first of all, how did you get started with AG designs. So let's give people some of the, uh,
1: the background story here, some context.
2: Yeah. So, um, I went to college for graphic design. I got my bachelor's in graphic design. Um, while I was there, I was out, uh, I was actually working full-time at home Depot. That's what got me through, through college. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I started it's towards the tail end. I started looking for a job in the industry and, I started putting the feelers out and a friend of mine had told me about this guy who was starting his own print company. And, you know, this was back in 2004, I think it was. And, um, the funny story is that guy was starting a print company while he was in rehab because the rehab was making him get a full-time job. And he was this entrepreneur, like spirit kind of guy. Um, and so he started a shop, he didn't do graphic design himself. So he had the need for graphic designers, but he did have, you know, the printers and all that kind of stuff uh, already kind of ready to go. This was, uh, at the time it was like, before email was even a big thing, you know? <laughs> so it, he was, he was uh, originally using, before he hired me, he was using a graphic designer that was like out in LA. And what he would have to do is like drive down there and get the prints from the guy and then drive it to the client and the client would mark it up. And then he'd, he'd call either call or drive back and it was just crazy. And then um, I was pretty techie at the time too. So when he hired me, we introduced some, some things like an email platform and all that and it was it blew him away. Um, was with him for four, four years, four and a half years. Um, his mother was a real estate agent with First Team. And it was so funny because at that time, all the brokerages out there, had kind of like an in-house marketing department (laughs) or in-house like template system. Right. And so we instantly stood out because what we were doing is we were giving the agent a unique like brand and look, and then helping them carry that into all of their marketing. So their, their signs, their business cards, their letterhead and envelopes, their postcards that were mailed out, all of that. And um, it was, it was so highly desired at the time. Uh, that the snowball just grew so fast. I was with him for four, four and a half years. And we saw over 400% growth during that time. Every step of the way, though, um, he would run out and get more overhead. Oh, we need another machine. Oh, we need a bigger (laughs) facility. Oh, we need more employees to run these machines. And I kind of like, I, I rode the wave with them. And as we'd get new machines, I'd learn how to like, run them and set everything up. And, you know, I was doing all of that. I was ordering the paper, the toner and, you know, dealing with the text and doing the design and doing sales. It was just, it was crazy. Um, Needless to say, 2008 came and he was so top heavy. The economy was, you know, tanking and he had to shut his doors. And I kind of freaked out, like, what am I going to do? This is all I know. So I started putting my resume out, but at the same time, he was actually forwarding calls to my cell phone from people who were staying in the game and still wanting to do marketing
0: um, <laughs> really so I not out- doing this like he just was like <laughs> I want out but Adam will take over
2: Well he was still he was still taking on um, a few like accounts himself that he knew were lucrative so that he can collect that check but like the stuff that was like design heavy and he knew like not, you know, not interested
1: yeah he would be like
2: hey i'm out call adam you know i got all these people after me for money so um i i was out there looking and and interviewing and stuff but at the same time i was getting call after call after call and i i looked at my my girlfriend who's my wife now and i said look i I think i have enough to get something started here you know like if i just hit the ground running and so that's what that's what i did i um i had this regimen where i would go to um i had a lot of first team agents at the time uh Chuck me uh I'll, I'll never forget him. He's you know, he took me under his wing and he introduced me to the the uh the guy who ran the the show over there, which was Chuck Grant, who also took me under his wing and said, Look, this is your office just like it's ours. And any anytime you want to come in here and you know oh, talk wow. to our agents and sell your services and products, we we believe in what you're doing. So
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. that was my that awesome.
2: and it got to be very quickly that like you know, Friday was typically the day that I'd go to their office and I'd deliver everybody's like property flyers that they need and stuff. And I collect checks, couldn't walk into the offices without coming out with like 10 new orders, you know, I was going to say without getting stopped. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then that quickly like started branching out because people would, you know, change brokerages or tell their friends. And, you know, I was, I was also hustling and hitting other offices and just introducing myself and passing out samples and whatnot. And, uh, the, the rest is history. Uh, been through the the leaps and bounds that been on the roller coaster with the industry and been through through markets
1: yeah (laughs) changing markets. markets
2: at the same time uh you know been through my own growing pains and stuff like that uh all along the way i've i've kept the same like foundation is my overhead i don't have machines i don't that, that was the first thing I, I said when I, when I started my company is I never want to own or lease or rent a machine. I want to just, uh, I, I know exactly how much the, the, the cost of raw goods is to get this off the machine <laughs> because I, I used to order it and print it and, and cut it and everything. Right. And so what I did was I, I made some strategic connections in the industry with trade printers and stuff like that. And just said, look, I can bring you a volume if you give me this price. And, and was this fifteen. 14, 15 years ago, I had a couple people say, sure, we'll try it out. And I'm still working with these same, uh, you know, awesome. vendors today yeah. and have since like, you know, really increased our volume and stuff like that. So, um, that's, I, I think that's what keeps us alive, you know, COVID yeah. came, I'm, I, I'm, I'm entrepreneur and, and business owner. And, and the first thing I did was freak out. And I'm sure a lot of people did, you know, what am I going to do? You know? Yeah. Um, but what was crazy was, uh, COVID, We we offer, um, you know, photography services and videography services and all of that. And, you know, Matterport was something that for years I never invested into like the camera equipment and stuff like that because it's so expensive and stuff like that. Um, But I was outsourcing enough of it at the end of 2019. that I said, look, I told my lead photographer, I said, let's pull a trigger. Let's buy a camera and and take all the profit ourselves, you know? And so we did that. We, we bought a camera at the beginning of 2020. It was January. We bought it. And what carried us through like the very beginning of COVID was like Matterport. (laughs) Um, There wasn't, there was like uh, two weeks where I didn't do one design. I didn't send out one mailer. But the world
1: stopped, Simply,
2: Yeah. It was simply taking bookings for photography and Matterport services and it seriously like changed changed everything for us. We we since have bought two more cameras, uh, trained two more photographers on on the system and stuff like that. So, it's uh we're we're invested now. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: so I don't want to get too far ahead here because you know sure. we're we're starting to. Inc- no, you're good. So we're starting to inch into the world of digital, and we're going to get there. But let's talk
1: for a minute about your print side because print is still a very very big part of
2: what so- you
0: do.
1: So, and, and, and yeah, before, before we jump into that, I'll, I'll ask this, or I'll say this, I guess. Because um, I've had a few of Adam's customers ask, um, and, and I feel like I get asked all the time. Um, I've been to maybe five different conferences in the last five weeks. And the question is like, hey, Ricardo, what's new? What should we be focusing on? Um, should we be doing less print, less old school, and, and all digital? and i feel like that's always i feel i've always felt like that's always that thinking or that pattern of thinking is always a mistake hmm. it's like stop chasing what's new what's shiny it's like yes you should be doing those things but you shouldn't forget about the old school tactics that mm-hmm. still work and and i feel like it's not sexy to talk about often times or or at times but a lot of that old school stuff still fundamentally works and it's the it's the consistency of executing these strategies that fundamentally works. That's Am funny I- you
2: say that. One of my one of my top teams um, that I recently started working with, they're like what they put out to the public on social media and stuff, because um, they know a lot of their competition or other realtors are watching. Is they say that um, door knocking doesn't work. Right. <laughs> it's one of the like the the basic steps of, of farming, right. It's, it's door knocking and it works so well that they didn't want anybody else doing it, you know? And and there's so many
0: misinformation campaign. And, 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 you
2: know, I get that all the time. It, you know, I'll, I'll get somebody who's interested in, in, in our services because they see us somewhere, they see their competition using us or whatever. And they'll call me and, and that's one of their questions is, isn't isn't print dead? Like isn't mailing dead? And I say, what go you ask say your competitor. competitor. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, typically it's it's somebody that is in an area where there is somebody playing that game and somebody is mailing the dominant and, and player. The dominant player and and then I kind of I, I defer back to them. Like um, I, I had one recently and it was it was it was a Laverne agent, right and. I happen to have, uh, one of my top teams is he owns Laverne. I mean, if you look up the numbers or if you drive into Laverne, uh, any given weekend, like probably 80% of the listings that are, that come up in that, that city are his, it's his sign in front of it. And and that's what I I, I told that agent when the agent called me, he said, Hey, I work this area. This is one of my competitors. I know you work with so-and-so, um, but isn't print dead. And I said, well, I don't know. You tell me, um, He's not the, – the agent I work with isn't real tech savvy where he's not, he's not doing social media. He's not doing paid ads or anything like that. All he's doing is print, and we do a mailer once a week uh, in his farm. And I said, so what I want you to do is go drive that, that neighborhood this weekend and tell me if print's dead. Because I know if he goes and drives that neighborhood and sees all of the signs and whose they are, he knows that Prince's not dead, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a strategic, it's, it's, it's one of the, you know, the, the base uh, or one, two, three steps that you should be doing as, a, as an agent in marketing is, uh, you know, print, but just being all over the place, right?
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So first of all, is print for every kind of agent or is print only for an agent that has a really healthy marketing budget and lots of momentum that they can
2: spend? It's for every agent. Really good question. Yeah, it's for every agent. Uh, and when I when I say that is, I, I work with a lot of agents who aren't farming agents. They work with mostly buyers, right? Uh, should they be printing? Absolutely, they should be printing. You're working with a buyer. You have the opportunity to do what's called leverage that that sale, right? Once that house goes into escrow and gets sold, you can touch with print. Uh, and, and digital, but with, with print, you can touch every homeowner in the surrounding neighborhood with a just sold postcard right or an in-escrow postcard. And what that what that does is that's a right place right time uh, campaign, so to speak, right It's people people see right they see that uh, a sign goes up in a, in a neighborhood and that it's for sale and then you know a lot of agents miss that opportunity to say, hey, just sold your neighbor's house got over asking this house sold for such and such price, right? And as a, an agent that's representing that buyer, a lot of those agents miss that opportunity because, hey, they represented the buyer. It wasn't their listing. They just, you know, they're on to the next one. Mm-hmm. I've I've changed a lot of my clients' minds, right? Where we're now strategically that place sells, it sees a just sold postcard or, or an escrow postcard, then a just sold postcard. And somewhere small on there, it's represented buyer, Right. This is a right place, right time, like I said. Now homeowners like, hey, so and so just got 80 grand over asking. That means their house is worth a you know a million bucks. Mine's the same floor plan. Is mine worth a million bucks? Hey, so and so. I saw you sold this place. Will you sell if you can get me a million bucks? Will you sell mine too? Right. That's what that does. It's a it's all about right place, right time. And and I think that's what a farming agent wants to do too, is they want to build their brand and then eventually land at the right time so that seller goes hey we've been getting your stuff forever but now it's finally time to to sell right and we we, we want to use you we've seen your stuff right it's it's all about that right place right time so um, everybody should be doing print
0: okay so right place right time let's let's tackle the new agent cuz I, I you know i'm going to put myself in the new agent's shoes for a second and say okay i don't have a ton of money
1: i was and- going to say limited
0: budget yeah, limited budget. So what would you say then? Uh, how does an agent do a right place, right time sort of thing with a very limited budget?
2: So um, there's opportunity, especially when you're with a brokerage or when, when you're on a team, right? To be that new agent put to, but to, with print and with digital marketing to put it out there or put the perception out there that you're the go-to agent, right? I don't care if you've never done a transaction. If you're with first team and you're with a certain office or you're with a a certain team and they have sales that they've recently done, you have full range to take that leverage that and make it look like the perception is that you sold that or you're listing that. And guess who, who's picking up the phone and and, and who they're calling. It's, it's the agent who is on that card or on that marketing material, right? So you have a limited budget. You don't have any sales. Um, I mean, I, with, with limited budgets, it's also about right people. Right. Who are we who are we targeting? So researching, um, working with um, partners in the industry like title reps who can pull data and make sure that, you know, you're not just blasting, let's say, an EDDM to a thousand homes and, and it's a bunch of renters and stuff like that. So um, with, with that being said, yeah, budget is a big one new agents are, are, you know, most likely going to be on a budget. And so figuring so, that stuff out ahead of time is important.
1: I guess let's, let's set expectations there too, though, because with a limited budget, it's like, let's say I have $1,000. And I feel like almost always the expectation is, okay, I'm going to spend $1,000 on this campaign. I run it once and it's like, what the hell? I didn't get any listings. So that yeah. campaign didn't work.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely a big one there is uh, people, you know, they'll send out one mailer with the, with the expectation that they're going to get because they're sending out 250 mailers, they're going to get 25 calls at least. And it's not the case, right? It's, it's, it's really not the case. And we, we try to wake people up in that and educate them. And and instead of doing one mailer to, let's say, if you have a thousand dollars spend one mailer, instead of going to 2000 people, I'd like to break that up and go to 500 people four times, right? Now you're getting four touches out of it, which at the end of the day, the touch is the most important thing because when, when mail, right. Or, or a, a printed piece lands in somebody's hands, the, the rule of thumb is you get two seconds, right. For them to decide whether they're going to keep that or they're going to throw it in the trash. Right. And in that two seconds, they grab onto things so in design processes, this is something that goes back to the basics of college like we're designing with intent right we're designing with hierarchy of information if you were to look at something for one second and pull it away what do you remember right this is the unconscious mind and what that's doing right so when when an agent is uh or anybody is touching four different times and those pieces are coming from the mailbox and getting thrown into the trash if all that somebody remembers was the face or the name or the the background color or something, then it did its it did its service, right? Because the next time they see it and the next time they see it, and then the sign that comes up in the neighborhood, it all fits the branding and 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 they're pretty soon they're like unconsciously putting all of that together and going, wow, this agent sells everything in my neighborhood and and there's nobody else I would I would hire because they know what they're doing, right? Right. And these pieces could say I'm the worst agent in Orange County. because they're not getting red, It's just, right. it's, it's going, it, you know, it's being grabbed from the mailbox and being thrown in the trash. No, that um, one probably almost, would get <laughs> red. <laughs> probably, but. If you um, have to like big
0: gold, I'm the worst agent in Orange County. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's I, an idea know,
0: right there. Use that.
2: I've always wanted to try it. Um, there, there's, there's an experiment I read about uh, a while back when I was preferred vendor at a lot of like the KW offices and I was following a lot of Gary Keller's approaches yeah. He has his eight by eight or his eight touch approach. And then the 33 after that, um, there's a company, a, a marketing company that a long time ago, I mean, this is probably 20 years ago. Now they did, they wanted to do an experiment and test that philosophy that the eight by eight, which is the mentality is by the, by the eighth time somebody sees your marketing or your brand is when they'll trust and understand whatever it is that you're doing. So what that, that firm did was they, they picked a the neighborhood of 500 homes, And then they got a guy's picture out of a magazine and built a real estate brand around it. And they sent something once a week for eight weeks. And then they went and interviewed as many homeowners as they could. And they just asked them, who's the number one agent in your neighborhood and who would you trust today listening in your home? (laughs) And over 75% of the people that they talked to said that fake agent because they got his stuff in the mail the last eight weeks. Right. So I've always wanted to do that with this. I'm the worst agent in OC or something You know, (laughs) and, and pick a neighborhood and just send out like beautiful marketing and, and say, just sold. And then under it and like a little, like call to action, say, you know, I'm the worst agent and I do a really bad job at selling your house and, and just see how many you know, <laughs> calls it gets and, and how many people actually would, you know, list with an agent like that.
0: <laughs> you, you guys want to hear a funny, okay. So this is going to a sidebar for a second, but a funny story about something like this. So years ago, this was probably 10 years ago. Uh, our, our, <laughs> a company that I used to work for, uh, actually did this, they're a real estate company. So what they did was they sent out this, uh, they sent out these marketing pieces, but it was distributed like a letter, uh, from an angry homeowner in the neighborhood. And what the <laughs> homeowner, it was like this, like, you know, naggy Nancy kind of person. And what the person was like, Karen, Karen. it was a Karen. Right. <laughs> uh, and it was, Hey, this brokerage brokerage name, we can't let them sell homes. Don't let them list your home because they just sold a home down the street for this price and it's driving up home prices and making it unaffordable for people. Oh, to yeah. for. How funny. So do not take their calls. Do not talk to them. <laughs> join me in boycott them. <laughs> Please call my number if you're willing to join my boycott. Right. And they, and they sent a couple letters like this, where it's like, I'm, I'm
2: writing this down because I, <laughs> I'm going to use this on a future marketing piece. <laughs> you should,
0: you should. The response was amazing. So they set up a Google no voice.
2: way, they set
0: up a Google voice and they had this like nasally voice at, actress, be the Karen, right? No way. And, and homeowners called them like, you're out of your mind. This person, I can't believe it. That, you know, like, why would you not want our home prices to go up? You're crazy. Crazy, stop your boycott. And then a couple of agents in the neighborhood got wise to who was doing this and what this was about. And so then they called and were like, This is your ethical marketing, blah blah. <laughs> it worked, it a thousand percent worked. And oh, you know, man. it does go to show, it does go to show that people actually do read print stuff. And I so okay, so pivoting away from this. Okay, so you got this eight by eight strategy. There are strategies that you're hitting us with here, and I'm curious you know, we're talking about crafting a killer print strategy. So you've got the eight by eight, but like what else would you tell an agent uh, about their print strategy? Like where should it fit in their overall marketing portfolio? What are a couple of things they must do before they actually go and hire someone to do their print marketing
2: for them? Um, Be educated. So uh, a, a very, very common mistake in print strategies is an agent coming into my office and going, I want to sell real estate. I want to farm. And I'm, I'm finally, I put a little budget aside and and it's my neighborhood and and this, snap. Okay, cool. What's the turnover? Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, let me go look. I, uh, let me find out. Right. Okay. Well, how many homes sold this last year? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, it, they don't know these answers, right? This yeah, is yeah. one of the most important things before I go, and, and I let a client hire me and I just mail a bunch of postcards, right? I want to know where we're mailing these, who's getting these, what the turnover is, what's the price point of the houses that are in Why there. do you need to know that as a printer? Why do you need to know that? <laughs> um, because I want them to come back. I want them, I, I want to see their business grow that so that they keep coming back because it, it you know, we can, we can mail to anybody, right? But if we're mailing to a neighborhood that has like a 2% turnover and there's only like seven houses there and come on the market in that year and that there's a dominant agent who gets, you know, six of those seven, it's, it's, it's not a a likely thing, you know, that this agent, because they do a couple mailers is going to get anything out of it. So it's going to, they're going to, they're going to do a couple mailers or maybe invest in, in it six months to try to get some momentum, but it's not a practical, you know, farm. I like to go into neighborhoods where, you know, educated, where we know who the dominant agent is, how many homes, uh, you know, come on a market in a typical year, what the price point is, if it's got a, a decent turnover, if it's got, uh, you know, there's not a dominant agent taking most of the listings in there, um, then I, that's where I like to play. Then I can tell that customer, look, let's make a six month to a year investment here. Here's how much it'll cost. Here's how many touches we'll, we'll get out of out of this budget, and. That's practical. You're gonna see a return on investment in here because that's what we're we're up against, right?
1: What else what else would you say goes into like that minimum viable standard? So like I see people I had these agents once that wanted to keep I wanna sell and dominate this farm, but when you look there was only five homes sold in the last year. Like why would you wanna dominate that farm? Who cares?
2: Right. Yeah.
1: What 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 are they? Whatever. Right. right. Um, what are the, what other sort of criteria fall into that?
2: Uh, well, um, do you as go as into as a, versus you... condos or apartments or renters, um, absentee owners? That's a big game right now where, uh, that's who we see, you know, pulling the trigger and, and, and listing right now is a lot of the absentee owners. So I have some of my agents have shifted gears a little bit where they're focused on areas that are higher in absentee owners and they're mm. going after those people, you know? So um, do you do,
1: you, do you target those areas and just do separate campaigns for the owner occupied versus absentee? Or do you yeah. do you just go after the
2: absentees? Um, both you, you want to, if, if you're farming, you want to hit the people who live there. Plus you want to hit those absentee owners. Right. Um, and, and we see it a lot where, uh, somebody's renting and you cut them out of the list, but then that, that becomes a buyer in, in, in the next year. Right. And all your efforts kind of like are just not even seen because that, that person's renting. Right. So when you're farming um, it's important to get everybody right. EDDM is a great strategy for that um, because we're able to kind of just blanket the whole area, but what you miss with EDDM, and this is a common thing in, in farming agents marketing plan is they're missing those absentee owners. They're missing their past clients. Right. So one of the first things that I do and, and, and like, even the, the, the size of the marketing piece is strategic in, in our book because we do it where it's minimum size requirement for uh, EDDM, but maximum size to still qualify as a postcard rate so that we can do one universal print run and make sure that all the EDDM route gets it, but then absentee owners and your past clients are getting it as well.
0: That's that's really interesting, and that's a, that's a good insight because I, I could totally see that. Right, you get so focused on reaching the masses that you forget to reach the people who, frankly, know you and like you already. Um, and then, like you said, this absentee owner database. Um, what do you think? Besides besides that problem with the EDDM, what do you think people get wrong most often about print, conceptually or tactically or otherwise?
2: Um, you know, Ricardo and I, I spoke about it this morning. Um, what, what was your, you use a certain term, but, uh, we had an agent in not too long ago and it was like, yeah, I finally got everything like all lined up. It's, it's ready to go. And he's like, that's great. But you know, that, uh, what was the, what, what was the expression?
1: It was, um, I forget what, I won't repeat what the entire concept context sure. of the conversation was, but, but I think what I said to him was, And I forget where I heard it, but consistency versus perfection.
2: Right. And the
1: the campaign that'll win a thousand times or a million times over is a consistent campaign versus a perfect campaign.
0: Yeah. Another way of saying that is don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good.
1: A a, a hundred percent, like a thousand percent. And I think, I think in, in marketing and, and, print whatever we do that to ourselves so much we're 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 waiting and maybe it's fear maybe it's does this look silly do i look do i look dumb Mm -hmm. does you know whatever i want to wait till this is right um we let that get in the way of just shipping the thing that we need to ship
2: yep i can tell you i probably had uh five meetings at the beginning of this year with agents who were interested in farming have, have kind of we've got a lot of this out of the way The they getting educated know that it's a good area and stuff and then uh the conversation ends up being uh well i gotta get my new headshot before i can i can do this so <laughs> i'll be calling you and guess what haven't heard from them like it, they yeah. get in their own way and it's like dude Start that marketing and get let's get consistent with it with no headshot right now. If you want to incorporate a headshot down the line, that's a very subtle change that we can do, you know, where people are still grabbing on and and making this connection unconsciously that this is you. And now there's a face there, right? But people get in their own way so much with that. Or I need to make a million edits before. Uh, we get this out. I, I had this team I worked with a, a while back. I ended up having to let him go because uh, every time we did a mailer for him, it'd be a just sold mailer. That was their strategy is just sold, just sold, just sold, uh, which is a great strategy. But it would be, hey, Adam, we have another just sold and we want to come in your office. It was a husband and son or a, a father and son team. And we want to come in your office so we can get working on that. I'm like, OK, great. Well, what would help me is if we you send me all the photos and info and I can get ahead. And they come in, and they, I'm not not kidding. It would be an hour long meeting with the two of them standing right behind me, right. Oh no! And and they go, okay, make that font one point size no. bigger. And then so I do it, and then uh, there'd be this silence, and then they look. I'd look back, and and he go, hmm, yeah, that's great. What do you think, son? Like, and it was just this like back and forth of of these most minuscule changes, and then finally like an approval and it's like dude i could have you know i could have got this done and five more of those done in five minutes like right i I can't believe we just did all that and it it was about a point the the size of a font going up one point size you know it's like all right (laughs) um
0: i love this i love this point about shipping and actually adam here's an here's another idea because we can have you print the shirt ricardo (laughs) we should have a marketing (laughs) trench shirt that just says marketing trench you should be up to your neck and ship (laughs) (laughs) Oh. <laughs> <laughs> those would sell
1: <laughs> with dustin or scott just shoveling a bunch of it
0: <laughs> it's really like that's a great takeaway you should with print marketing and marketing in general you should be up to your neck and ship that
1: because i have awesome. definitely
0: been you know i have been there too by the way like not to knock those clients i have been that guy in the past and i i had a designer like you one time sit down and say to me hey dustin are you a designer Like, no, no. I
1: don't even want to know.
0: No, I'm not a designer. Okay. Stop telling me how to do my job or (laughs) hire somebody else. Right. right? And he said, instead of telling me to make it one pixel bigger, tell me what you're trying to achieve. Right. So that was next. I learned that years ago. Right. And so if the intent. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out how to talk to a really good designer, first of all, a recognize that you're not the designer B, like, just, just say like, what are you trying to do? So what I'll say, for example, is instead of make it one pixel bigger, I'd say this thing over here seems like it has too great visual priority over this thing over here. Like this thing is my number one, most important thing. Can you make that the number one, most important thing visually?
2: And then let the designer do their job, right? Yep. Yeah. What, what people don't understand is, is this week alone, I've probably touched between me and my team. I probably touched 500 different, you know, marketing pieces. We know what we're doing. We do this every single day, all day long. I've been doing it for 20 years, every single day, all day long, you know? Yeah. Um, same thing, when 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 our photographers go in a house, it, it, it seems like everybody has a photography background, right? And they want this <laughs> angle, and they want that angle, and they want this. And it's like, do you realize that this photographer has been in 2,000 houses this year, and has photographed those? <laughs> and and, and knows exactly what angles and, and, and stuff to take so that it gets the most amount of views uh, on on the internet when it's in the MLS and, on, and lands on the, you know, third party sites and stuff like that. You, do you know that? Like, there's so much that goes into that. Um, and I know we'll touch on, on the social media stuff in, in the future or later on in this conversation, too. But that's another thing. It's like, do you know, like, if you're managing your own social media, do you know what? the best time to be posting where your target audience is most probable to engage with. No, you probably don't, uh, you know, research that and, and investigate that. Like we are like, or what hashtags to be putting in your posts and stuff like that. It's, there's so much behind the scenes when you do this all the time, every day that like goes into it. It's more than, you know, just saying, Oh, make that point size, uh, you know, that font size, one point bigger, you know, whatever, two like you two said,
1: pixels bigger. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. 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 That's, that's brilliant. So let's actually talk about this. So it, it, where we're at today is digital has taken over, right? So people are talking about the importance of Facebook ads and Google ads and look, we've got a podcast and we tell people all the time, you should be making videos and you should be putting your mm-hmm. content out there. Scott Shang, who's not able to join us today and is our third, co- our third co-host, right? Like he's, He often says, Hey, look, you know, I was able to build my platform by writing on the web all the time, right? For years and years, I would write two to three articles, whatever. I don't even remember some guy. (laughs) But point being, we are in this digital age. I'm curious, Adam, you guys do offer stuff for digital. How do you see print and digital coexisting? Where can they play off of each other? Like help, help me now help our audience that is very digitally minded.
2: Yeah. Um, great question so uh, coming into this year uh you know 2020 was uh ag design's best year ever in my career right um all print i mean with the exception of we we, we offer property marketing we do photography videography aerial photography property websites, stuff like that right but that's as far as digital goes and at the beginning of this year, I sat my team down and I said, look, we need to get out of the dinosaur ages. We need to get on the digital side of things. And by that, I mean, we're going to build a social media management product for our clients. And they said, cool, why? And I said, I have this vision. We, we have so many of our clients who are, are mailing on a consistent basis to their farm, right? That, that's how they're... Um, wanting to get in and, and become the go-to agent in, in the neighborhood and stuff like that by mailing. And when I, when I sell a campaign, uh, you know, eight touch campaign or a whole year campaign, when I sell them, I tell the I tell my clients, this shouldn't be your only avenue of marketing. Don't mm-hmm. rely on just this. We are doing the set it and forget it. So you can, Basically just keep going on with what you're doing and, and you but it should
1: never be your, you should never have one Avenue. You should never have one fishing line in the water.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So I said, what I want to do is fulfill the rest of that. What else should they be doing? Right. And, and I went to social media because that's been such a great thing for my company. I mean, I have accounts all over the United States because of our Instagram page. Um, I, I know agents who all they do is uh, email blast once a month to a, a specific list of people and they do really well right So I wanted to I wanted to put my clients there too so um, it goes hand in hand with this kind of scenario of mine. This was what I had in mind when when I built this product. It was homeowner comes home from work and they go to the mailbox and they grab, you know, realtor A's, uh, postcard out of the mailbox. And it says just sold in your neighborhood, got over asking price. Right. And again, they, you get the two seconds and then, oh, and they throw it away. Right. Oh, a neighbor got, you know, a million bucks for their house. Cool. Throw it away. Later on, that same guy is, is sitting on the couch and he's scrolling his Instagram feed or his Facebook feed. Guess who pops up with another just sold. Right. Um, same agent. Right. So that's what I wanted to do is I wanted to put my clients tangibly in, in, in the, you know, mailboxes and digitally or virtually in, on social media. Right. And, and so that's where we're at. That's what we, Yeah, it it creates that feeling that this guy is everywhere, everywhere. That's what you want is you want to be the, the, the agent or whatever it is you're doing. You could be a plumbing company, but you want to be everywhere, right? You want to, you want people to just know that name and that be the household name of, in this case, real estate in that neighborhood, right? And you could do that with uh, perception. Perception is everything. So again, we talked, I talked earlier about um, using like somebody else's just sold that, that's at your brokerage or on your team or whatever is if you do that enough, and each one is a little bit different and they're seeing you in the mailbox and they're seeing you, you know, on your social media and it's just sold, just sold, just sold. People react to that. People uh, believe it and they say, wow, this agent is just selling everything in the neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So you, you're you're envisioning a world where, uh, I mean, it's I was going to say you're envisioning a world where uh, print and social really help to create this 360 wraparound. But I love the vision because this is how we live. It's it's just totally in line with how people live, right? We do live physically. We t- we get our mail, even though most of the time we just toss most of the mail. We still like we sell a physical house, right? We yeah. we live in physical neighborhoods. We see physical signs, just sold, and all the rest. Um, but yeah, we also spend no small part of our real life experience online, scrolling and and. Online is really a sense maker for us, you know, where the physical world, I think, helps us to, uh, well, I mean, it's where we live, and the physical world gives us a sense of things, we feel like we get a broader sense of the world, and I guess bigger truths, like meta truths about the world, online, you know, we see more, like we see what's happening with our friends in different parts of the country, for example, or we, we hear the news about what's happening with our nation, and so uh, the, the local the local is small, the digital is big, um, and uh, you know you're you're touching both. You're saying, "Hey, look, this person is local to your life, but also they are a big player in your space." Yeah,
2: yeah, um, and one of one of the mentalities too. With this being said, is is and and one of my focuses on every piece of marketing that I do, whether it's digital or it's print, is I want to bring the people and the term is I want to bring people from the streets to the web. So with that is when we're landing with postcards in the mail, we're QR coding the people or adding QR codes so that the people know how to get in contact and connect with that same person online. When you're online, I have the proper forms to, Hey, join my mailing list. And then now you're bringing them to the street. So you're again, just putting yourself all over the place. Right. Um, it's it's such an important strategy um to be everywhere. Uh I talked about touches. Touches are everything. I can take an agent that's brand new and within a matter of of 1 month have more than 8 touches which guess remember that story I told you? It's 8 times is when somebody trusts and understand 8, eight times equals success doing. baby. E- exactly. And and consistency is just everything in it. So um you know it's touches
0: let's talk about budgets so we've got like if you're talking to an agent what sort of budgets do you recommend that agents have before executing on a print strategy and then also what kind of budget do you recommend agents have before executing on a combo print digital strategy one billion
2: dollars <laughs> so my whole goal and i have I have one of these meetings with um Actually, one of your buddies, Dustin, that you uh, referred me to early next week, and oh, nice. my whole goal is that it's it's where are we targeting? How much is in your budget? How much do you think you could put put aside for this, right? Um, and what I do with that is I say, okay, well, I want this agent to be consistent for six months, right? And I want to pre-do everything so that it's set in it and forget it for them, for me. So it's a six month budget, but that could be if if agent is uh, their strategies to hit people who are they make over 200 grand a year or they're focusing on. I, I have some clients that, that make over 400 grand a year and they have a list of 200 people that they mail to. <laughs> but it's 200 important people, right? It's right. VIPs. It's people it's VIPs. Have portfolios yeah. and stuff like that. I want to hit somebody that has a portfolio of over 40 million. Right. And now you're strategically hitting this person over and over again. Right. And you never know, maybe they just did a deal with the agent that they've used forever that they trusted, but that guy got sick or that guy really messed up a deal and lost them a bunch of money and they're shopping. Right. Right. Now all of a sudden that agent's right place, right. Time has been consistent. Right. So setting budgets is important. Um, the most important thing of it is how can we spread that budget out to give you a six month to a year plan and, and pre do all of that stuff. So everybody's successful in my career. I mean, it's like I said, it's, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. I've had thousands of meetings and typically they're end a year or beginning a year where agents like, I want my marketing just done next year. And up until the last couple of years, I've, I, I've never had anything like that. I've never had where, okay, great, you know, here's your, here's going to be your plan. Here's the days that we're going to hit. Here's the media that we're going to use, right? Um, it's always been, I've been kind of, we can set the days and I'll remind you on that day that, hey, you wanted to touch your farm this this month or this week or whatever it is, but what's been missing? Content content's been missing we don't know what to send well oh, i don't really have anything and you know what i got two listings right now that I, I i'm just really busy so let me go get those sold and then we'll have this again and all of that falls off and, yeah. and it's not consistent so my goal and and we're really where i've made a shift in, in the company is pre-doing a lot of that right um we we set up marketing in in sets of eight um no it's a magic number right it's eight right. touches right and so um with that being said, we, we have systems behind the scenes that we, we pre-drop in the eight and pick the frequency and the, and the starting date and it auto-calculates what, what days are gonna go out next. And then it, it takes all the variables out of it. Notification goes off. My driver comes in, takes it to the post office. My social media manor, uh, manager posts to the, the socials and, and puts in the proper hashtags and stuff. And everybody's just set up for success at the very beginning like that.
0: Well, uh, what, how do you solve the content problem?
2: <clears throat> um years ago I built a program called the Running Start. Uh Running Start was an eight touch campaign. I wrote all the content for. It's really generic. It's made for essentially an agent who is brand new brand, or brand new an agent, agent that just doesn't <laughs> want to think about what they have to put out and which is to uh, say most of us. Yeah, and it's it, what I did when I wrote the the campaign was just um at the very beginning the first half I'm fishing out potential uh, sellers by making them ask the agent questions in the call to actions. And -hmm. then the second half of the campaign, I'm pushing those people over the fence by now's the time. Here's why now's the time. And here's why you need to hire me. Right. Um, So that was very successful with, for, for us. Uh, I was selling that campaign, the running start um, only to one agent, Per EDDM route, right? Because it was, it, it would look really dumb if two different agents or three different agents uh, bought the same. Five agents of, in the same, they, <laughs> they all have the same content, right? Um, I sold almost every single carrier route in Huntington Beach within three years. Wow, um, it was it Damn. was very good. Now, what I've done since then is I've I've done a lot of research on perception, right? and what that does and how it works with the unconscious mind and stuff like that. So we've really shifted gears and I can build, uh, and, and, and commonly do this is I build an eight touch just sold program. And you know, first question is, is I don't have eight cells. Cool. Do you have one? Yeah, I have one. <laughs> uh, but it was in, it was in a way different, you know, That's awesome. area. I want to farm here. Great. Let me take that one. Right. And let me farm here in this price point. And all we're going to do is we're going to put out eight different pieces that say just sold. They're all the same exact house. I'm not using the front of the house because people here will identify just that this house is in their and neighborhood piece. and I'm changing it. First one has a living room picture. Next one has a kitchen picture. Next one has a, you know, dining room picture. Next one has a backyard picture. Now, when those go out, multiple drops, let's call them two weeks apart by the eighth time. These people that are are receiving these cards think that you sold eight different houses. You're not saying that you're not (laughs) saying I, uh, this is another, you know, it's It's saying sold, right? Did you sell it? Yes. Is it in their neighborhood? No. Did you sell eight? No. It's I sold one. So, I mean, it's, it's perception and perception is everything. Um, Right. And so uh, a little bit easier on the on the the digital side of things with our social media uh, product. Um, we are able to do that by we build a um, and, and a lot of thought went into this. I didn't want to have to come up with content for social media for, you know, 50 different agents. And <laughs> so what we did when we built the social media management product is, first of all, we had to become IDX approved. Um, and What we did was we built a neighborhood website for the agent specific to the neighborhood that they're trying to farm in. And we have the IDX feed of everything that's happening in that neighborhood. Now, guess what? Content is fed every second, right? Fresh contents. This house goes from in escrow to sold. That's my next social media post. I say just sold in whatever city it is or whatever neighborhood it is. And I... I, I say, put the address and I put two bedroom, two bath, whatever. You're not saying I sold it, right? It's perception to your social media audience that you're busy, that you're active, that you're selling houses and they're in this neighborhood that you're you're marketing to. And that's what we're doing with that.
0: That's, that's a very, very cool idea. I love that. Very creative. Yeah. And I think it speaks to something too. It, it goes back. You should be up to your neck and ship, right? Like (laughs) it goes back to this fact that we all overcomplicate everything. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, okay, if I'm going to do eight, I got to have eight houses I just sold, or I got to say eight, like totally, completely unique things. And you're saying, no, like you can leverage, you can leverage a small number of things, many different ways. And at the end of the day, it's more important that people just get your stuff in their hand than it is that you necessarily have. You know, genius, you have poured forth into every single thing you've you've shipped out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. So, um, you know, we're we're rounding the corner here. We got to wrap up here pretty quickly. But uh, before we do, I'm curious to know what do you think the future of print is. If you're, especially if you're, you know, actually, I don't I don't think it necessarily matters if you're a new agent or if you're an experienced agent. But if you're an agent and you want to have a long term career
2: in this industry, what is the future of print? Um, it's got to be there. It's got to be part of the plan, just like all the other pieces of that puzzle. It, it, the print has to be one of the steps that you're taking, right? It's got to be in the budget, and uh, it's not going anywhere. It's always going to be credible. Um, you know, years and years ago, I, I, I w- somebody scared us and they said, "Hey, you know, you, I know you guys do a lot of mailing." Um, and emails become this thing, right. Um, and people aren't going to get mail anymore because they they got email and it's easier to, for people to send and receive. And, and it's not going anywhere. It's been 20 years, you know, um, just like you know, I, I think when I, back when I was working with a bunch of the first team agents there, there wasn't the social media and there wasn't the websites and all the digital stuff that we have now, there was farming. It was, Door knocking. It was putting on community events. It was mailing. It was you know all the above. That stuff still plays such an important role. And go ask some of the top teams. Go ask any one of the top teams. I mean, you you had mentioned earlier that I work with a lot of the the top agents in Orange County and stuff like that. Guess why? Because it works. Right. They're coming to me on a on a on a regular daily weekly basis saying. I got 25 calls out of the last mailer, right? And I want to, I want to, you know, or I got a listing out of this last mailer. I want to do another one, right? Or this neighborhood's hot and uh, I did this just sold and I just, I'm listing the one on the same street now. You know, it freaking works. And that's why, that's why we have a place here and it's not going anywhere.
0: Yeah. Um, And, you know, at some point it would be fun maybe to get you back online. I would love to talk more about how you guys design your stuff and you know the beauty side of it that's a like,
1: whole conversation
0: it's a whole other yeah.
1: conversation
0: <laughs> you know unfortunately i don't think it translates quite as well over podcasting in in specific but you know it does matter you know even with the just ship mentality it does matter how things look and feel and adam your team is really really great about this one of the reasons that we work with you right Um, because I, I respect how you guys lay things out and how, you know, just your, your whole strategy. It's just, it's really fantastic. So, and if you would buy a
1: just ship shirt, then (laughs) let us know so that Adam, you
2: started on the design, you know, that, that comes from, uh,
1: up to your neck and ship. Yeah,
2: when exactly. I was in college I, one of my professors when i when I got this job in the industry and the, and the focus started to be the real estate marketing one of my professors had told me oh no don't get into real estate marketing it's so cheesy and <laughs> there's no money to be made right and i I, I kind of like have always like held on to that and I wish I could like see him today I'm like oh really like <laughs> look at what we've done with this like a it's not cheesy nothing we're doing is cheesy it's it's uh, i mean up to some of these agents you would think that it was like a hollywood like production now on some of the homes (laughs) that they're like doing videos out and stuff like that and then and then the marketing is like it's better than some of these like cologne and perfume companies that spend (laughs) millions of dollars on on ads and stuff like that like what we're doing is is Staying ahead of it, staying on top of of trendy designs and and what what goes on and stuff like that, and 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 putting that into our work, right?
0: Yeah, no, that's such a good point because our industry, it, I mean, there is a cheese factor, a thousand percent, and it will be even cheesier when you buy your marketing trench up <laughs> to, <connecting> <laughs> to... <laughs> But, but. At the same time, I mean, it, this is a high turnover industry in terms of content. We do have to be on the on the front edge, you know, because we are selling product on the regular. We're hitting different markets all the time. Um, and people want to see new things. It's not like we just lay out, you know, we, we have like a nine month dev window and we deploy one super amazing Super Bowl ad and then a couple of, you know, follow up at like, we're, we're doing a lot. We're doing it regularly and you know, we've, we've had to learn a lot of lessons along the way. And so, yeah, that's, yeah, that's such, that's such a good point. And you guys really, you, you have taken the professionalism to another level, despite my up to our neck and shit. Yeah. So Adam, thanks for coming on. Where can people find you if they want to follow you on Instagram or reach out to you potentially work with you?
2: Sure. So we're at AG designs, Inc on Instagram, uh, agdesignsinc.com is the website. Uh,
0: that's INC, not INC. INC,
2: correct, yes. Um, and then uh, phone number 714-900-3605.
0: Awesome, awesome. So that's how you can reach Adam and his team. And like Adam said, he works with agents all throughout the United States. So just because he happens to be located in Orange County doesn't mean that you can't work with them wherever you're located. Um, and uh, that, that includes photography and stuff as well, right? <laughs>
2: uh photography is only local um okay. all of our print products are anywhere uh we do have production facilities uh all over the united states so there is no lag time in you know shipping and uh, anything like that um production stays the same and our turnaround time stays the same whether you're here or you're in new york perfect all right and if you uh want to listen
0: to more podcasts and great interviews like this you can go over to ricardobueno.com. you can follow his uh, subscribe Aww. to his newsletter Follow his other podcast. Thanks, uh, guys. Yeah, he, he does. He does OK. He's I do so OK. <laughs> so check I do him OK out. from time to time, from time to time. Check him out. RicardoBueno.com. Uh, our silent partner today, Scott Shang. You can find him over at FindMyWayHome.com, where he is offering amazing insights and valuable services for mortgage professional professionals in our industry. He's all right. And today, I actually just had an email from a client saying, hey, Dustin, I want to figure out how much my clients are going to have to pay for their escrow and what their clo- closing costs will be, and how much cash they'll walk away with if they sell their home. Good news! You can go to <laughs> lighthouseescrow.com, scroll down a couple scrolls, and use our free closing cost calculator estimator to find out how much. Of course, our fees are are exact, but you can find out how much your clients will probably pay in title fees and various other taxes and fees, and so you can put together that net sheet on the fly, play with the numbers, hit the numbers your clients want. LighthouseScore.com is also where you can find my team. If you are buying, selling, or refinancing a home in California, we would love the opportunity (laughs) to provide services to you. That's LighthouseScore.com. And of course, finally, if you're listening to this on the podcast, or uh, even if you are over at YouTube, we would love to increase our YouTube subscribers, get that fancy vanity URL. So please go over to youtube.com look for marketing trench like and subscribe that would be hugely amazing okay guys we're coming up against time so until next time this has been the marketing trench Yeah.